stream now. Make sure everything is healthy. Everything's looking good. It's an excellent connection. Waiting on the video to come through. I'm starting to get a preview. And, uh, let's see. Go ahead and talk Action. for me a little bit. Waiting Hello, on the video How to come through. <laughs> Hang on. I'm starting to get a preview. And, uh, let's see. Go ahead and talk Action. for me a little bit. Hello, Waiting on the video How to come through. Oh, God. The f Hang on a second. Turn this dryer off. Can't even hear it. I can hear it coming through. Alrighty, everybody. <laughs> Let me know if he sounds a little bit quiet. I don't know what if I can really do about it. It's already on its maximum volume for him. But uh, welcome to Hogcast number 19 with your host, Bush Hog, and my father, Cornbread. 1969 you should just be cornbread 69 but your instagram got hacked and somebody was posting wiener pics on there they wasn't wiener pictures it was wiener pictures i got what am I? no somebody messaged me and said said dude your dad's posting pictures of his hog on, on his instagram and i was like i don't think so I thought you said it was. I thought it was nude women. I think it was. Wanted. It was that too. It was. It was that. And then there was just a picture of a big old hairy hog. And I was like, uh, I know we took a few showers together. I mean, I ain't like. I'm pretty sure that's not my dad's. <laughs> no, we don't take showers together. We took a couple showers that. together when I was a kid. I don't know. What are you drinking on there, cornbread? You know me, hardcore diet Pepsi. <laughs> so you're a no Coke man, right? Not yeah, anymore. I'm straight edge. <laughs> I can't be. Uh, I can't drink Coke products anymore because it'll make me less white. You should try Bush. I'm good. <laughs> One thing that I think we should probably just go ahead and touch on first, and this should be a good spark to the conversation, um, is, hang on a second, did this come through on my, I'm trying to just check and see, I don't think the live notification came through on my uh, streaming announcements, nope, let's see, give me one second here, I want to... Since it's not, is, um, it didn't come through on my Discord. Can you move your mic a little bit so it's not right in the middle of your forehead when I'm talking to you? Why does that bother you so much? Shit. Because I feel like I'm, like your face is blacked out, half your face. It has to be in front of me though because of, uh, that's just the way the mic operates. Hmm. So you still live or no? Yeah, we're still live. I'm just making some adjustments to get everything popping. Thank you, Tyler, for the status update on the uh, volumes there. Um, 
Oh, okay. Of course, as soon as I freaking post it, the <laughs> the normal notification comes through. <sighs> Every time you think you're going to beat the machine, and then it actually I did win, but mm. <clears throat> nothing like a cold beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have a swig myself. For anybody that is not aware, my dad does not drink and has not ever drank. Except for one time when he claims that he drank 15 shots of tequila. So, 16. That is yet to be confirmed. Um, Ask your mother. Your mother knows she was there? She's a drunk. She doesn't know. She can't remember anything. She wasn't drinking that night because she had to carry me home. <laughs> she didn't have nothing. No, maybe one seven and seven. Uh, but not, I do enjoy good. a good seven and seven. It must run in the blood. That's well, you a, do know you do know Zach uh Zachary's friend Hunter uh got a DUI, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, he said he recommended to all of his people out there not to drink and drive because now he's ten thousand dollars in debt. Well, I don't know anybody named Hunter that doesn't get a DUI really, so that I mean, when you name a child Hunter, that's you're basically just, you may as well just put a DUI in the deal as soon as you sign the birth certificate, is my opinion. Well, I don't want to sidetrack your podcast with that, but I thought I'd throw that little tidbit in there. Ah, that's always fine. That's what podcasts are all about, is just, uh, just a good talk. One thing that we probably should touch on um, for those, a lot of people did enjoy the last podcast that I did by myself. Where I was just talking about, you know, different things that I thought uh, would make you a better helper um, coming into a job. And you were a plumber for 20 years and you had a couple of things you wanted to add to that that I, in my own rambling, did not, um, <laughs> in my own rambling, did not quite get onto the list. Well... Like I said, when I first started plumbing... Oh, will um, you tell, like... Throw in a couple of good stories if you got them. I know I told the one about you hit your boss, your boss throwing your hammer, but if you got anything else like that, I'm sure everybody... Everybody likes a good story. Well, like I said, when I first started plumbing, I mean, you, you talked about it before. When you start a new job, you can't give up and quit the first go-out. When I first started plumbing and I was on a house... And that old man told me, basically my foreman, he told me, he said, hey, I need you to go out front and dig a ditch, dig a hole right here in front of this house, under the footer of this house, which is what the house sits on. He said, I need you to dig a hole under there and get it all the way under the house so that while I'm on the underside of the house, when I get the pipes ran over there, I can see your hole and I'll know where to stick the pipe out of the hole to connect to the sewer system when the house is all finished. So I dig and I dig. And I'm digging a hole, you know, like just barely big enough for me to stand in. I mean, I got like dirt rubbing my hips. And he comes out and he's like, what are you doing? So I'm digging this freaking hole you told me to dig. I'm mad at that point. <laughs> You're mad because you had to dig a hole? What kind of wood? Yeah. Well, I get happy when I, deep. Hey, I get happy when I dig a hole. The footer. Digging a hole gives me a hard on. So, um, you froze there. I'm not froze. Maybe you're froze. Oh, so anyway, uh, so he says... You're digging yourself in a hole. He said, "You got." When I say dig a hole, you got to dig a. He makes me open this hole up like 
five feet wide. Yeah. From the house so you can get the shovel under there. I'm mad. I start digging this hole about six o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night, it starts pouring down rain. Well, the yeah. water running off that roof. What do you think that water's going? <laughs> right in the ditch that I'm digging. And I mean, Good. every shovel is like, <laughs> it just suction to the ground. I'm so daggone mad I could scream, boy. And I got, the, and I said, man, you know what? This is my first day. I'm like, man, I am not doing this. And I said, wait a minute. Hold up. Don't be that guy that quits. Don't be the guy that gets whipped by a job. I said, man, if I can make it through tonight, I'm going to be all right. Well, I made it through the night, and I lasted at it 20 more years. But the one thing I learned is don't be satisfied with being the guy on the shovel. Always try to learn as much as you can, as soon as you can. Let them know that, you, you, you know, you, you want to, you're there to help. You, wanna, you don't want to be just a shovel guy. You want to be that yeah. guy that wants to, you want to extend your knowledge and learn things. Um, so, and when they see that, when they see that you're a go-getter, they're more inclined to start teaching you stuff. But those old guys, you got to be patient with them old guys. You got to let them offer, you know, information to you. They really got to like you too. And that, that's one thing that like when I was doing well drilling and I, I never liked this type of tradesman was the guys that, (laughs) uh, like the old guys that they don't want to teach anybody anything because like they think somebody's going to take their job or like do it better than them or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm not old enough for that, but don't be that kind of person where you don't, you know, pass the knowledge down to a guy that, that does deserve to learn. Well, and like I said, it only took me about four years or so before, you know, I was a plumbing, I was a plumber foreman in about four years, but the reason so was because I was a go-getter. And I want, you know, when, I, when I'm teaching, I want to teach you what to do because the more I teach you to do, that's the least amount of work I got to do. Yeah, I know you don't want to do no work. I've yeah, you know me. I, I'm a, you know me, <laughs> I shy away from any kind of work. Yeah, I know. But, uh, and so far, I mean, you know, I tried to, you know, instill that in you. And, I mean, you put you got a pretty good work, work ethic. I work circles uh, around you, son. Man, don't don't think this old man can't still put it on you, son. Maybe back. Like you can't hang with me all day. I'll outwork you any day of the week. Oh son. my God, you ain't never drilled a well in your life. You dad going cry about digging one little hole. Drilling a well, we dug them by hand with a shovel. I'll dig that hole in. I dug a hole like that in daggone less than an hour. You have a machine doing it. No, I did it no, I've done them by hand too. There ain't not one thing to it. It ain't nothing but putting a shovel to dirt. That thing looked like the mm. Mona Lisa when I was done with it. And then, and then when now, granted, I didn't. We didn't always dig holes by hand, but the one time, <laughs> and this is another tip. Uh, one of my personal stories is when the boss man is around. Don't be lazy. But you also don't have to kill yourself. You still got to show up to work tomorrow. As long as the boss man, you're not putting any extra work on him. He's not going to be too... As long as you're working, you're working. I had this new guy with me when we were... We had uh, we go out to this job site um, with... You know, at my old job, there were three bosses. There was the old man, 
the son that ran everything, and then there was one son under that that, you know, he he ran stuff, but not really at the same level. And that day, that son, they were sending him out to drill a well because they needed to get it started. So we show up, and we're on the beach, so this is pretty easy digging. Mm-hmm. We, of course, don't have a tractor, but they send me, and then they send a new guy with me. I had already been there probably six or seven months and was one of the better helpers, but I think at that point maybe there was one other guy that had been there longer than me. But um, not me being me, I bring along three shovels because uh, I'm expecting old boss man to jump in there and, and help dig so we can get started. But, of mm. course, no, no, he, he doesn't want to dig. He got a bunch of other stuff ready, but he was just setting up the rig and that kind of stuff. He wasn't really, you know, about the digging life anymore. Whatever, though. So I'm digging my hole, and this other boy, he's about a um, 300-pound black dude. I mean, just, and he was new, and I mean, he is digging like, like it's the last, like, I, I don't know, like, he is just digging his ass, like, he is going crazy. And I'm telling him, like, dude, just relax a little bit. You're going to have a heat stroke before you even get done with the hole. Um, <laughs> And the funniest part is we get done with the holes and we've got the rig all set up and we're just getting ready to get started. And sure enough, the customer pulls up and he says, well, that's not where I wanted the well at. I wanted the well over here on the other side of the property. So we had to turn around (laughs) and the look on that guy's face. He was so disappointed in himself because he digged so hard (laughs) and worn himself out. And now we have to turn around and fill the holes back in with the shovel move across the lot and then dig them again, which we ended up not doing because the customer was trying to pull something funny and we couldn't put the well where he was saying it was supposed to go. So I think he was trying to do like a bait and switch thing. That's another topic, but it's just, you got to learn a good balance of work hard, but don't kill yourself, especially in Florida. One thing I learned, you know, I'm 51 now. And a lot of you guys are way younger than me. But when you're going through life, it doesn't matter what job you're on. Always learn as much as you can. Because even though I was a plumber, I'd look around, I'd see the carpenters doing particular things or the AC guys. And I would ask them, how come you're doing that? You know, why are you doing it that way? And they would tell you. And all that little bit of knowledge that that you take in, it doesn't matter what happens from that point on. As long as you're not just some dummy. All that knowledge is yours. It's yours to use forever. And there's not many things that I can't do. I mean, like working on cars. You know, I started working on cars when I was 13, 14 years old. And other than one time, I've never paid anybody to work on a car. But it's because, you know, I went through, I asked questions. I paid attention to what I was doing. You don't, you know, you get, you got to get all the knowledge you can while you're young. And it's going to benefit you in the long run. And... To add to that, uh, as somebody from a younger generation, on top of that, if you're working on a job site, yes, you can get that information from other people. But now, with the internet being around, you have to also understand that so much stuff is available. Guys that do this stuff and just post videos of it, of how to do it. You can look up almost anything, how to do anything, and find a gazillion videos and articles and everything about it. 
and learn how to do it yourself. So all that time that you're sitting around playing video games or whatever, you know, you could be learning how to do something that may benefit you in the future or even possibly land you a job. All right. And another thing, you know, when you get a job, don't be that person that, oh, I, I'm, I'm just going to get my eight or 10 hours in a day and go home. Don't be the person that just shows up just to get paid, you know, and, and make it through the day. If you do that, you're going to be a miserable employee. You're going to make the people around you not like you. You're probably not going to be there that long. But if, if you make the most Those out of Those guys job, always job hop. Yeah, you give a if, – if you go in there and you tell a man, he says, you know, well, what do you want, you know, an hour? And you say, I want $13 an hour. And he pays you $13 an hour. Then I come in behind you, and he says, well, what do you want for an hour? You know, what do you want for an hour? I say, well, I'll take $18 an hour. And he pays me $18 an hour to do the same job. Don't get mad. He didn't do you wrong. You said you'd work for $13 an hour, and he's paying you what you asked for. So you give him an honest day's pay for the $13 an hour. It's not his fault that you said 13 and I said 18 Don't cut yourself short. If you think you're worth $13 an hour, tell the man $15 an hour. He might say, okay, well, how about $14 now? And now you're still ahead of the game. Don't cut yourself short. Always but don't go in there high. Yeah, don't go in there thinking that, you know, you expect $20 an hour when you know nothing. You got to earn your way to the top. It ain't easy. You know, you got to work for it. It's going to be hard. And sometimes, you know, you, you if you work good, you can get there quicker than what you – like, I didn't think I was going to get raises as fast as I did – and I've kind of heard some things floating around between the other drivers. I didn't say nothing about what I make now because I don't know. Some of these guys, you know, one of the one of the guys said that he kind of blew up. He found out about what another newer driver started as or whatever. And I guess he was making the same money that this guy was making. And he was mad about it. It's like, dude, you're like the last guy to show up to work for your routes. Like, you don't even... This guy shows up to start his route at like 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, and then you're you're blowing up at the boss, causing problems and stuff. I mean, sometimes what you're worth is not equal to how long you've been there. Whereas me, I don't give my boss any problems. I show up on time. I do my job and I come home and that's it. And that I mean, now I'm probably making, you know, close to what i mean granted the older guys can't work like i can work because i'm half their age but you know i got a, a idea that i'm probably making among the higher wages of the of the drivers right now well i would suggest you know when you're on a job and you got other people and you know they're they're talking about money stuff like i would say i would suggest not to discuss what you get paid an hour yeah it's really not to yeah. It's not anybody else's business what you, what you get paid an hour. So. Yeah. And that's and another thing when you're in an interview, you got to understand um the competition of, of today's market when you come into a job um you if you're a nice guy and you know you're intelligent and, you know, if the if the interviewer likes you and they can tell that they think you're going to be a good fit or whatever, they might be already have it in their head like, OK, normally we start at twelve dollars an hour or whatever. But this guy seems like he's a good dude and, you know, he's got a solid work history or whatever. So if he asked for an extra dollar an hour, I would give it to him just based on 
potential. Well, and that's like me, you know, one time I got out of trucking for a little bit and I decided that I would uh, go drive a dump truck for an asphalt company. Well, then they asked me, you know, if I would be willing to, you know, get on the ground and work with the guys, you know, on the ground. I didn't really think that that was something that I'd want to do, but I said, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. Just be one more thing. You know, I can, uh, you know, put in my basket of knowledge. So, um, I did that. I, sh- I started off on a shovel and a weight, you know, pulling and waking asphalt. And I knew, I said, man, this part of the job sucks. I don't want to do this very long. And as Bush Hall will tell you, I, I was only three months into it. Never touched a, uh, a speck of asphalt in my life. I was only three months into it, and I had a full crew under me. I was a foreman in three months, and I already had a full crew under me working under me because I wasn't satisfied being on the bottom. And if you get satisfied being on the bottom, that's exactly where you'll stay. You'll find yourself 20 now, years I was young when that happened. How did that exactly work out? I mean, did you really just learn kind of everything about the process of laying asphalt? And then, yes. you know, at was it did they notice you as far as you like where how fast you were moving along or did you say something to them oh the, the, no uh, i mean i knew they would notice so uh, and they did notice they said wow man this you know this james guy he really really seems like he he picked this up pretty good we can expand we can benefit from him rather than having him on a shovel we can put together another crew and we can be doing twice as much work so they took advantage of me and I took advantage of them by giving me the opportunity and a whole new crew. Now we got five crews instead of four crews, which will make it more money. Yeah, that was the same thing with me and well drilling, which well drilling is not by any means a simple process. I mean, the, the machine is very dangerous. It's a big machine. It take, There's a million different things going on at one time. And, you know, I started drilling when I was like eight months in, which – you know, I didn't really think I was ready at first, but then what I noticed and what I would tell other helpers, because we would always get these guys that would come and within two weeks, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a driller. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a driller. Let me drill. Can I do that? Can I touch this control? Can I do that? And it's like, I appreciate the uh, ambition or whatever, but you have to understand that with this machine, you can very easily hurt somebody very badly if you so much as move the control the wrong way there's many times i almost i i I did get i mean i smashed my fingers was really the worst i ever did but um you know it's definitely a dangerous job but when i and i would tell them i would say you know and this is just my level of paying attention to stuff and watching while also learning to be a good helper is when i started drilling Nobody ever had to tell me what a control did because I had already watched long enough to where I knew all the controls and what to do and what to do, what control to press when, um, before I ever even touched them. So the first time I, I ran the rig, I already knew how to run it. It was just, you know, there was nothing else to it. It's just practice after that. But yeah, it, I think anybody that really puts effort into a job and and watches you can learn a lot just by watching and shutting up well some people are not some people learn by reading directions and and 
and having somebody tell them how to do it. Like for me, I learn by watching. If I see you do it one time, that's it. I don't need to ask you any more questions. I already know, but you know, you don't have to be just because you're you're green and you don't know anything about it, uh, you know, what you're doing. Uh, it may seem like your boss is, is, you know, being a real cocksucker to you, but you don't have to let them disrespect you because you don't know. As long as, you, as they know going into it that you're green and you understand that you're green, you don't go in there knowing that you don't know anything, but you try to act like you know everything. If you go in there starting off like that, you're going to start off on the wrong foot. So yeah. you go in, you know, and you uh, yourself, you know, don't try to be that that that's that guy that knows everything, and uh, and you respect your your boss. Your boss is going to respect you, especially if you're doing something that's complicated and dangerous. When we would get new guys, it it was a lot easier to bring a guy that maybe wasn't that. W- it was almost easier to bring a guy that's kind of like just standing there, like I don't know what to do, and and slowly work him in than work with a guy that was gung-ho and, you know, could have, you know, he was dead set that he's going to be a driller in a month or whatever, you know, we have to dial him back because we're, you know, we have to sit there and be like, dude, listen, you don't know what you're doing. You've never done this before. If you keep trying to jump in like this, you're going to end up getting yourself hurt because you don't understand the process at the basic level yet. Just start slow and work your way in. You know, you don't, and it was kind of our boss's fault because he would do this pitch. You know, he did it to me. And it was even in the company handbook. It's like, if you work hard, you can be a driller. And you can be a driller this fast. And, you know, you're going to make this much money and blah, blah, blah. And it's really a bad mindset to give people because, like I said, some guys would take it and run with it. And they just, they want the money because the helpers don't make as much. So, you know, now they're trying to jump in on everything and you're either getting in the way or you're causing a safety hazard or you're just being annoying, which nobody likes that. Yeah, don't let somebody push you farther, you know, or faster than you realize your ability is. I mean, if somebody's trying to get you to do something, you know, deep down inside that you can't do that, you're not at that level yet, don't let them talk you into it because you may sustain an injury that can be a lifetime injury. Well, it's not worth it. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable with it, say, hey, you know, look, boss, I'm, I don't really think I'm, you know, at that level or yet. Ask you know? him to show you or something. Don't yeah, don't jump know? into something if you don't know. Yep, because you're asking to get hurt or hurt somebody else. And trust me, it is in nobody's interest. It's not in your boss's interest. It's not in your interest. You got to take safety seriously. Anything can happen you know, on just about, I mean, even in something like you wouldn't think just working on a general job site would be that big of a deal, but there's so many guys that just aren't paying attention and they trip over something, you know, and fall and bust their head or, you know, twist their ankle or whatever. That's a workman's comp case. Now, now you just messed everything up. You know, now you're costing the boss man money, you know, or you smash your finger on something you're not supposed to. And you're no good to anybody. If you're out of commission, you're yep. no good to yourself, you're no good to your family, you're no good to your job if you're out of commission. Yep. Do what you know how to do. I don't know. Um, let's move on to a, a, my executive producer, Chris Haley, a.k.a. NJ Moments, has, uh, <laughs> has sent me uh, a few topics for us to cover. <laughs> zip tie says i'm sounding like a narc 
I'm not stitching on anybody. I'm just saying that, you know. Let me cover another body list pizza real quick, and then we'll move on to that. Um, <laughs> a lot of these don't really imply to you, apply to you, but we'll work on them anyway. How do you feel about male versus female cooking, baking? You're not really a, a, a grill master. I, I pretty much started that on my own. That's something that I picked up. But, uh, male, you versus female, male versus female cooking? Yeah, you don't really cook, though. Well, yeah. I'm old school, so um, I'll just I'll just tell you like this. I don't think it's a man's job to cook. Now, if he wants to cook and he enjoys cooking, you know, okay, so be it. But in my house, that's not how it works. Here, my wife, you know, does the cooking, dishes, laundry, cleaning the house. You're eating a pizza right now. She don't cook nothing. What you used to cook. <laughs> 20 but, years ago. <laughs> but I don't cook. I let, I take care of everything on the outside. I, I, I'm I'm more traditional. I do the outside thing. I work, my wife doesn't work. I work outside. I do, you know, I take care of the dogs, the cars, the yard, the house. Anything on the inside of the house, I don't touch. It's not my job. If you start doing it, the more you do, it's going to be like the boss man. The more you do, the less she's going to do. And eventually you'll end up with one like mine that won't do anything. <laughs> so don't be that guy. You'll be running around in an apron and a tutu. <laughs> and you'll be babysitting the kids while she goes to work. So be a man. You don't have to be a, you don't have to be a jerk, you know, but you can be a man. If, if you're a man and you're firm in what you're doing and you do your job, she's going to want to do the things for you. You're not going to have to make her. Yeah. Me and Cheyenne are a little bit more, I mean, my cooking is mostly outdoor cooking. I mean, people know that I love to, to barbecue and smoke meat and stuff like that. Sometimes, I don't usually do inside cooking, um, but because of the things I've learned, I take a lot of pride in what I know how to cook. So for me, I enjoy cooking. It's just one of the things that I've picked up in the process of it. Uh the more I learn and the the better results I get, it's just rewarding for me. But uh, seeing that you're see at your age, you already know how to do things that I don't know how to do. I don't grill. I mean, sometimes I'll throw something on the grill, but I, I'm I'm not. I don't have smoke stuff. I mean, you know, I just if I smoke it, it's gonna be burnt. <laughs> if you <laughs> grill it, it's probably gonna be burnt. <laughs> you're not even gonna know what you're eating. <laughs> I'm never gonna forget. I, no, I don't want to be a jerk, but based on my memories of your last cookout and just remembering your propane grill just being on fire and... Uh, oh, that was no big deal. There's a lot of no-nos that you do. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you definitely aren't, aren't a pit master, that's for sure. But that's... I mean, you've got enough stuff under your belt as far as skills go. I don't think that's one you really need to add. Plus, you're not really... You eat I'm like not even interested in it. you eat like an Italian. It's weird. I you were, we're not even Italians. Please tell me we're not Italian. No, we're not Italian. We're white. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, but you eat only all you like is like pasta, sandwiches. Well, pizza. It wasn't always that way. It wasn't calzone. always that way. As a kid, we didn't have the stuff. We ate the crap like you like to eat, you know, or whatever we had. And as I got older, I was so sick of eating what I, what, the only thing that we had to eat 
I just I got away from it. I said I'm not eating that stuff no more, and I don't. Y'all weren't eating ribs and pulled pork and steak. No. If we got a, if, if if my mom got a roast, you put one piece in your mouth, you chewed on it for three hours because you skipped. <laughs> I don't know what part of the row she got, but we had a Picanese, and every time she would turn her back away from the table, I would take that piece out of my mouth and put it under the table, and the dog would eat all of it. The dog would be coughing and choking on it. But yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it's like with anything. It must be the quality of the meat that you get, because whatever she bought home, it must have been like the reject. A, a of the lot most. of it is, is how you cook it, and, you know, I don't want to – I mean, the simplest way I can put it is, like, if you get a pork butt, which is part of the shoulder, <clears throat> they just call it a pork butt. The ham is actually – a ham is where the, the pork's hind end is. The butt is part of the shoulder. But, for example, if you don't cook that low and slow, there is a – the fat and the gelatin inside of the meat doesn't break down properly unless you cook it low and slow, and it doesn't really start to break down until after 170 degrees that the meat hits. So between 170 and 200 degrees, once it hits 200 is really when you get good tender meat. You know, So for people that don't know, it, I mean, it, the beauty of barbecue is taking tough cuts of meat and making them tender and good. But, like, back in the day, people didn't know how to do that most of the time. Except for, like, real deal rednecks. But y'all are some Yankees from up there in Virginia, so. Oh, uh, we're not Yankees. <laughs> it is now. Frederick, I, you'd probably poop oh, yourself yeah. if you saw Fredericksburg now. I don't know when the last time we, I mean, what, the last time we went up there was with Brian, right? Uh, I've been up there since then. But, yeah, I would never move to Fredericksburg. I would never move to Virginia anywhere. It's again. like South D.C. now, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's very liberal. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing like it used to be. That's... <coughs> 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 Dude, uh, don't vape. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. Unless you smoke and you're trying to get out of it. But uh, do you have any other, before we move on, because you got a lot of good stories that I think people would enjoy hearing. Do you have any other <laughs> work stories that are good stories? I told the one about your boss hitting, hitting his, throwing your hammer. And then that the... made me mad. <laughs> I, mean, I, I cussed him out, but he said, you know, I mean, you can only do as good of a job as the quality of tool you have. So, I mean, I didn't have any money, you know, I, I mean, I barely had enough to get a hammer and some pipe cutters and stuff. So he said, Look, we're going to buy you a toolbox. We're going to get you all the name brand tools that you need to be a basic plumber's helper. It's about $300 worth. And he said, we're going to take $50 a week out of your check. That's the end of the story. You, you know, we're not asking you. We're telling you. Either you agree to this or you just don't work anymore. But you got to have the right. Don't cut yourself short on tools because uh, the right tools are going to make the job a whole lot easier. And I've experienced kind of that you know using a quality tool i'm sure that that was a little bit nobody wants money out of their check but when you did get those good tools or you were like oh yeah i see what this guy's talking about now a good tool will make your job a lot easier oh yeah and it makes you it sounds kind of dumb but you feel better about yourself when you're working with quality stuff oh yeah it just, you just feel good you're like okay so uh, so he thinks enough of me that i'm worthy of good tools 
You know, you might be a sorry piece of crap. You might not make it a week, but you'll have a bucket full of good tools. <laughs> yeah. I, was, uh, I mean, that was my thing. Even when, we, when I would get shovels, I would, um, you know, if I ever got a new shovel or whatever, because we would lose them or they get old or break or whatever, I was good enough friends with the guy that worked on the yard where I would bring them to him real quick. And I would actually have him use the grinder and sharpen them. And they'd be like razor sharp. Well, them shovels would dig some dirt once you got them good and sharpened up. Just stuff like that. You know, you can make your life so much easier if you make the right friends and, and get good quality tools. Oh, yeah. And when you see something that that's, you know, a tool that maybe the cords cut on it or something, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, showing some bare wire. You know, don't say, oh, well, I'm just going to let somebody else take care of that. Say something to somebody, you know. Let them put a cord on it. What if, you know? What happens if, the, if you cut the cord completely off? Now you can't use it. You know, had you told them ahead of time, they might be able to, you know, have it fixed and be ready to go the next time around. Yeah. But uh, and don't let somebody push you beyond your limit. I remember one time when I worked with a guy, we worked all night. I'm talking about 24 hours around the clock. We had to finish it. This was a two uh, a two story house with three and a half baths in it, and we had to pipe it all. And, and, you know, in one time, we were too far away from home to go back and then come back the next day. 24 hours, we did it. Well, on the way home, uh, the, my boss wanted me to drive. I drove for about three hours, and I and I was so tired that I couldn't keep my – I told him, I said, hey, man, I can't keep driving, man. I mean, we were probably about six hours from home. I said, man, I can't keep driving, man. I'm too tired. Oh, no, you keep on going. You keep on going. I'm, I'm, he's over there in the passenger seat asleep. Well, oh, I kept on going all right. Till I woke up and we were over halfway over in an embankment with a guardrail heading toward the middle of a van. And I swerved back up onto the road to miss the guardrail. And I flipped the van nine times side to side, end to end, and then spun up on this on the back doors of it around the circle three more times before it slammed over on the ground. A mile and a half we slid down the road. No seat belts, plumbing stuff, every I mean, he he just he pushed me beyond my limit, but it cost him everything. Totaled the van, everything, lost all the tools you know all the material everything out in the street for as far back as you can see so if you're somewhere you know if somebody's trying to push you beyond your limit and you know what that, that you're really being pushed don't do it tell them tell them no yeah well that wasn't a very funny story well i don't have any funny stories you know <laughs> one story i think people would enjoy is um and i've tried to retell it when you were younger, and I know he's still around, but you've got this friend Brian that is, to this day is still kind of a big kid, but was more of a kid when he was a kid. And my what about the seven eleven, the one where y'all were coming down the hill, or what? That's the funniest, yeah. like one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. We're coming down the that hill. one and the one where he was, where he like outdid all the four wheel drives pulling up to the job site or whatever. Tell that one first. What was he in, like a Chevy Cor Corvair or some crap? No, we were in a 1977 Datsun B210, a car. That's the one he, he drove up to the job site through the mud? <laughs> Tell that one. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at the job site. We're, we're doing a hotel, and we're trying to get onto this job site. And all these four-wheel drives and stuff, they're, they're in there. They're all stuck. Everybody's buried in the mud. Here he comes, whipping through here in a 77 Datsun B210. B210, like a rally car. For those of people that don't know, tell them what kind of car a Datsun B210 is. 
Like just a general like, description. Like it's like a hatchback, right? Like a rear wheel drive yeah, hatchback, or is it front wheel drive? Oh, it's not a hatchback. It's a it's a two door car. You know, it's a two door car with a small trunk and a four cylinder motor. Usually, usually they're like four speeds. Now, I mean, if you could get one nowadays, they're worth money. But you know, most of them have been junk, especially if he got a hold of them. <laughs> but he comes ripping. He comes ripping through this. You know, through this job site. You know, and. Everybody's like, oh, dude, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to make it up there to the hotel or the entrance of the building that we're working on. Oh, what's he do? He just backs on down the road about a quarter of a mile. <laughs> he gets to the entrance of the job site doing about 80, 90 miles an hour. <laughs> and just plows through the driveway. I mean, he's got like 15-foot rooster tails of mud <laughs> slinging up in the air, you know. <laughs> wow, wow. I mean, he, he's on he's on the red limit. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> The old Dotson, that old Dotson man, it must have had mud over the completely over the tires, but it was still it was still going. They was like, man, there is no way he, but he all the way up and all the way out. <laughs> I remember one time we we had a he had a uh, 1981 Chevy Chevette. You guys have to look these cars up if you don't know what they are, but it was a little two door hatchback four cylinder. We're in a creek. We're riding along in a. creek. He got snow. He got studded snow tires on the front and the back. You know, like we pull down this creek. The next thing I know, the car is like this. And he looked in the back. He's like, "Hey, man!" I said, "What?" He said, "We got three feet of water in the hatch. <laughs> this car is literally half submerged in the water, and I mean, water's in the back. Of the, you can't even see the back seat. It's it's full of water." And all you can hear is a boop, 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 <laughs> like bubbling like a snorkel underneath there. But he he was it was crazy. You know, we we went to uh we were out one night and it had been raining for days. We were coming down this steep hill on the asphalt, and across the street was a 7-Eleven. And he said, Man, what car was that? this? In that Dotson B210. <laughs> well, well, so wait, now you gotta explain. Like as you're going down the hill, like where the Seven Eleven is or whatever, like you really so lay out down, the setting. The Seven Eleven's over here, and this is an intersection. We're coming down the hill, and the light turns green, so we can, you know, so we're gonna we get to keep going right across the intersection, right into the Seven Eleven parking lot. He's coming down the hill. This Seven Eleven's got about two feet of water in the parking lot. Doesn't he have a racing helmet on for some reason? He's got a full face motocross helmet on. We come down through there. He hits that water, snatches up the emergency brake. The car spins around and lands right by the gas pump so we can get gas. He climbs out the window like Bo Duke, you know. The door's open, but now he's got to go out by the window. He still he pumps like $10 worth of gas. He's still got on his full-face helmet. He goes inside and he tells the guy, hey, got $10, want to get $10 worth of gas. And I go in and get a drink. And he's out there pumping the gas. And the guy said, are you with that guy in the blue car? And I said, yeah. He said, boy, he's got one hell of an imagination, don't he? <laughs> I said, yeah, that's my buddy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he, he was crazy, boy. But, I mean, you got to have some good times in life so you have something to remember, something to talk about when you're older. But uh, but now, the same thing, you know. Yeah, he's the funny guy and the, and the party guy and the life of the party and all that. But now... You know, hooked on crystal meth, don't have anything going for yourself. Based. 
lost his wife and kids, you know, didn't see his son until he was 18 because she wouldn't let him be around him, with, you know, being a drug addict. So he, now he's an alcoholic. He's hooked on crystal meth. He, he lives in a shed behind his house. He has to rent his house out and live in the garage because he can't, he can't hold a job. So now, now he, he uses the rent money he gets from his house so that he can live on. So, you know, I know y'all hear it all the time, but man, don't fool with drugs. You get started on drugs, you might be that person that it only takes one time to ruin the rest of your life. Some people can do it and just quit. Oh, that wasn't for me. I quit. Some people can't. You don't know if you're that guy that can do it or can't do it. It's not worth the risk. I mean, it's not uh, worth risking your life, you know, and ruining yourself over over a high. Don't do it. Yeah, I can kind of say that about myself. I never really... I don't know. I, I never knew that I had like an addictive personality or whatever. And granted, I've always been the type of person where be it drinking or like this, I never thought that I would be that bad about this, but you know, and people, you know, it's jeweling or it's vaping or whatever. It's gay. haha, funny. But, um, this can get a hold of you, you know? And I, I remember this started just from, my ex-girlfriend would just kind of like let me puff on hers while I was drinking or whatever. And I enjoy a good nicotine high. Now, don't get me wrong. Nothing like a nice little nicotine high. But now, like this has gotten to a point, I wouldn't call it a problem. I don't know what kind of health ramifications this may come with down the road because they haven't been out long enough to see. But, you know, it's just one of those things where even as a normal person things can get a grip on you and that can happen with anything. It can be nicotine. It can be alcohol. Alcohol had a hell of a grip on me for years. It's only been just recently that, you know, I finally got fed up with it myself. And I was like, all right, look, you know, number, no, I don't want to quit drinking, but I'm definitely, I'm done drinking 15 beers a day 30 beers a day, getting blackout drunk on the weekend, falling over and just carrying it like that. That's done, you know, but it took years before I finally stopped doing that, you know? So you just got to be careful because anything, I think humans are just naturally addictive creatures. And when we get something that we like, it, it's hard to give it up. Well, addiction, you know, <clears throat> Come in all kinds of forms. I mean, you know, now you guys call them uh, like me. I've always been a womanizer, but you guys, you know, nowadays you call them. You know, a lot of guys they're simp's. Well, back in the day, uh, I was like that. I mean, you know, whatever she wanted, I wanted it for her. But don't be the guy that lets the woman. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't compromise and give a little and get a little, but don't be that guy that she walks all over you and, and treats you like a dog and you kiss her royal behind everywhere she walks and catered her wish. Cause if you do that, you're just setting yourself up for failure in the end. You're not going to be a happy person. Um, it, it's a give and give thing. I mean, a give and take. If she doesn't give back to you, don't do it. I mean, it's, it, it, it really sucks to be, you know, the giver and you don't get anything back in return. <laughs> yeah. I was lucky enough to where I never really went through that. I, not even with my first girlfriend. I don't know. I don't think that I ever... Um, I don't know how to say this. Not, well, you don't care. <laughs> well, I was going to say not that I don't value women, but I've never valued women to the point where I really sit there and worship them. Not even with my first girlfriend. 
it was no, I mean, I liked her and stuff, but it was no big deal to me, you know, like I wasn't obsessed with her or anything like that. Now, granted, she was a little bit on the ugly side, but <clears throat> you never told me because her mom was hot and you were always trying to go over there and talk to her mom um, for like two hours. Are you there? Oh, I see you're chewing. <clears throat> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that was the one time, because you always complained about driving me anywhere. But if you were driving me to Blair's house, oh boy, you were happy and ready to go. Go over there and talk to well, her mom. Well, you know, you all you don't want to, uh, I mean, it's going to sound, you know, kind of corny, but don't be the guy that just tells a girl anything you think she wants to hear just to get laid. I mean, you're going to get plenty of opportunity to get laid. Don't get so desperate that you tell every one of them you love them, you know, and all that, just so you can get in their pants. I mean, more than likely, that's not going to be your last girlfriend. It's not going to be the girl you marry. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically all the same. Some just know how to do it a little bit better than the other, but basically, one girl is just the same as the other. So if you find one that you like and you want to make something long-lasting, just, you know, hold out and wait for that. There's no sense in going around banging girl to girl to girl to girl to girl because, you know, it's a, oh, well, you know, I'm a stud, you know. Not really. I mean, you it, it really makes you look like a loser. <clears throat> and, now, see, this is kind of the problem for the younger generation is with, um, with the internet and things kind of moving away from, you know, real life dating and flirting and stuff like that. I think a lot of guys now, they just don't even know how to really, not only do they not know how to engage with a girl, but then it's like, if you send a girl a message online, there's like 10 other dudes right there in her inbox or whatever, trying to talk to her as well. I, my thing is I've always told them like, dude, don't even mess with it. Just talk to them in real life or, or don't talk to them at all. Well, I think, uh, that is a problem now. I mean, younger people... I can hear you. I'm going to step out and take a leak. But, yeah, just keep talking. Younger people, they need to... You need to get out, you know, and and and, and physically, you know, interact with, with the girls, you know, and hang out with your buddies and stuff. This stuff about, oh, everything's done over the internet now, you know, nobody sees anybody face-to-face. -face. People don't talk to each other face-to-face. -face. They don't even know how to talk on the phone. Uh, and it's really sad that you know, you can't call somebody on the phone and have a conversation with them. I remember when this kind of started back when Bush Hall was younger and he had a girlfriend that he really didn't want to be with her anymore, but he wasn't sure how to, you know, how to really call it off. But, um, you know, everything was being texted back and forth. And he's like, well, I don't really know what to say, man. And I said, let me see your phone for a minute. So he hands me his phone. And uh, I think it was a sidekick. Is that what kind of phone it was back then? Is that how long it's I been? Think, I think that's what I had. Well, it wasn't like the original sidekick. It was no, no, it wasn't a sidekick, but it was something similar. Yeah, with a keyboard <clears throat> on it. Yeah. So, uh, so he hands me his phone, and I type a message on it, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Here, mm -hmm. read it." Well, I text the girl, and I tell her, "Hey, you know, this such and such. You know, I'm just uh." I don't feel like this is really working between me and you. And uh, I don't really think I want to be tied down anymore. So from now on, I'm going solo. See ya. And I sent it to her. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, well, there's no sense of beating around the bush. Just tell her. If you don't want to be with her, you don't want to be with her. But it really sucks because, you know, like, 
I, I see people texting all the time, like, hey, like my middle son. You know, I see him texting, you know, talk to his girlfriend. I say, why don't you call him on the phone? Oh, no, we can just text. You get on the phone and, and can't say anything. Don't even know how to talk, you know? And people talk and it, all day sad. now, too. That's like oh, yeah, another it, thing. Like, you got to give that, some time to yourselves. It's sad that, that you know, the world has gotten uh, to where everything is done over the internet, you know? I mean, when me and my brother were kids, man, we didn't have no internet. We didn't have no cell phones. Man, my mom was ahead. I want you boys down that river today. Okay, mom. We would peek out the blinds to see when she's going down the parking lot. As soon as she would hit the parking lot exit, where, did, where were we? Down to the river. You know? <laughs> but she, I mean, sometimes she was doing it for her own benefit. She'd say, look, you know, it, it's been raining for a week. The river's 15 feet above flood level. Don't go down to the river today. Okay, mom. she leave. She don't know what she's talking about. We're going to the river. <laughs> We've had the inner tubes, me and my brother. We have gone down to the river like we always do. Well, the river's about 15, 20 feet above flood level. I'm talking about like covering streets and stuff, you know, where there were cars driving. There's yeah, nothing there. I did, I did go to that river one time when I stayed with Aunt Rebecca. And I know what you're talking about. I know that parking lot you were, you said Pawpaw's that uh like where the ferry or whatever is parked where yeah. the, i guess that's the same parking lot that that lady drove Paul's car into the river right yeah that's yeah. crazy that that, that ha i didn't mean at i only i was like 13 when i went there but it's that's just crazy to, to yeah to think like that many years ago that that you and uncle chris and paul paul were all in that same spot I, I wish it well i guess it really ain't a way to go back there now not realistically but it would be kind of cool to just visit or whatever yeah, well, you know, well, we're down the river on these inner tubes, had no business being there. And my brother, we had our inner tubes tied together with about 50 foot of rope between us. And when we got down to some really rough rapid area, my brother, there was a rock that used to stand about 15 feet out of the water. And we couldn't see where it was at because it was underwater. Well, what appeared to us is underwater, but as the river came and it came to that rock, when it got over the rock, it dropped down, and it was a different level down there. Well, when that when that tube of my brother's went straight down, it flipped over, and he fell off the tube into the river. Couldn't see him. When I got there, my tube went over, but the water coming over the rock was holding my tube in place to where it couldn't go any further. Well, I see my brother's hand reach up out of the water, and just luckily for him, that rope that was tied between us was right there by his arm and he grabbed the hold of that rope and was able to get back to his tube and we uh we made it home so when my mom For context died, how old were y'all when this happened probably 12 13 years old it's crazy so when my mom got home she said what did y'all do today nothing did y'all didn't do anything today no ma'am <laughs> i keep in mind she raised us in church you know from day one did y'all go to the river today? No, ma'am. <laughs> we threw our clothes in the dryer, everything. We, I mean, we, we covered our tracks. We're like, she ain't going to know we were down there. And she wouldn't have known. But she said, well, you know how I always tell y'all that whenever y'all do something you're not supposed to do, God's going to let me know. We said, yes, ma'am. She said, so y'all didn't do anything today? No, ma'am. We're like, God don't know. <laughs> she said, well, it's kind of funny. She said, do you know... Miss such and such. I don't remember the lady's name. And we're like, yeah. And she said, well, 
The funniest thing happened today. The river's down here, and there's a road way up above us that you can you can oversee the river, and it's called Riverside Drive. She said, well, Miss such and such said that she was riding down Riverside Drive today, and she just so happened glanced over at the river, and she saw two boys on the river on inner tubes, and she said, they look like they was having such a great time. This is before he almost drowned. <laughs> look like they were having such a great time. She said, and the, she said those boys look like her. Look like my two boys. What did we say? <laughs> she lying. It wasn't us. <laughs> well, she knew that we. She knew we were lying. She said, "So you telling me that Miss Such and Such is lying?" Yes, ma'am. Man, she beat her behind, boy. <laughs> but uh. You know, I mean, when your parents, when they say don't do something, you know, there's pretty good reason for it, you know. And when they say, you know, uh, I'm going to whip you and this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I mean, when, in your mind as a kid, you know, you're not thinking, yeah, right. You know, you're thinking, OK, this. Oh, speaking of whippings, I remember this turd one time, Bush Hog. Uh, <laughs> I think no, he I'm, a, I'm a little bit smarter than the average bear, so I had a trick I think up my sleeve. Smart mouth than his mama, and she told me when I got no, home. I had bad grades. It was bad oh, yeah. grades. So she wanted me to go in there and whip him. Well, me and him were always kind of close anyway. So I, I go in this room and I'm like, look, you know, your mama's getting on me about getting on you because your grades are bad or whatever. And I'm going to have to take this belt and give you about three or four straps. I said, so. He's like, really? You're really gonna do that? And I said, yes, yeah, son. I said, I don't want to, but I got to. You know what I mean? I don't like. I don't want to whip you. So he been. I was like bed. 14. Yeah. So he been over the bed. I swapped this joke about three or four times. I'm like, man, I'm gonna swap this kid about ten more times because he ain't even flinching. And he looks at me and he's smiling at me. I'm thinking, I've got an animal here. What's we, wrong with this? <laughs> we do a little trolling. It's called we do a little trolling. Yeah, so I'm like, man, what is wrong with him? He stands up, he reaches in his pants, and he pulls out a, a bath towel, a big folded up bath towel that he's got shoved down in his pants, and he ain't feeling a thing I'm putting on him. I said, oh. I let him leave it at that. We just he got it. She didn't say how hardy I had to hit him or if he had to cry or not. So I just uh, I let him get those four lashes and it was it was it wasn't funny at the moment, it was funny afterwards. Well to be fair, now I was trying I was just trying to be funny. I thought that you would notice because like, obviously my ass is not that big. So I was like, let me put this bath towel in there and it'll be funny when he notices. But I don't know. I guess maybe you were mentally confused about the situation or something, but you just didn't notice. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just play it off. Like he's really whipping me and maybe I'll just get out of this. <laughs> but, <laughs> It's well, then, funny though. <laughs> but then it wasn't long after that. Uh him and his mama had been arguing during the day. And uh when I got home, she told me she said, Hey, you need to go in there and get on him because he'd been running his mouth all day to me. So I go in there and I get on him about it. And uh he don't like it because I'm getting on him about it. So I don't remember what all I said, but but when I turned around, he said you're just being stupid. And oh my Lord. When he said you're just being stupid, I turned around in a fit of rage. And 
I think I blacked out for a few moments because next thing I know, I got him by his throat up against the wall and his mouth is bleeding. So I let him down and I tell him, you know, you better not ever say that to me again. Oh, what does he do? He goes out there to mommy. Mama, look what daddy did. He busted my lip. Now his lips got a little stream of blood coming out. <laughs> oh, what does she do? She turns on me. I can't believe you've done that to my baby. Wait a minute. You sent me in there to get on him. I go in there and get on him. He smart mouths me, gets his lip busted. Now I'm the bad guy for going in there to get on him. You don't do that to my baby. Come here, baby. Let mama see it. He don't do that to you. See, so you got to be careful. Man, you know, you you're, a, you're an honest guy, but the old tactician's always got something up under his sleeve for you. So now granted, I was, I was in the wrong. And I try to tell Zachary about that today when it comes into getting fights with mom, because we both know she's kind of retarded. Um, but it's like, it's still, it's, it, it's so much easier and it's just hard when you're young and it's, it, it, it really just circles right back around to like the whole helper thing, but you do yourself so much more benefit. If you just shut up, just shut up, let it go, move on, don't react and just go on about your day. And it, it's so much easier, but when you're young, you know, and it's also the importance of a father figure, you know, especially for a boy, because when you're young, you know, the testosterone's raging, you know, you don't want to give up a fight to anybody. And the only person that can really shut it down is dad. And I mean, even though I wasn't, I mean, granted, you never really like hit me or anything like that. So I wasn't like scared of you but there's always that point you know where it gets to the boiling point in in you know a, a, a actual mature you know grown man shows you like i can hurt you right now if you don't shut up that's the only thing for a young guy 14 15 16 years old where you're like oh hey maybe it's a good time to shut up now <laughs> like it just kind of brings you back down off of that well, and I mean, and like I said, you know, um, you, it's kind of weird because, I mean, you have, like with me and my dad. Now, my dad is 73 years old. I'm not scared of him, but, you know, just out of respect, sometimes you think, okay, you know what, now it's just it's just time to, to end it. You know, I'll, I'll let him seem like he won. But it's just not worth it, you well, he know. He was always he always went too far, and that's kind of the the. Oh yeah, he was going to say is like, it, it's one thing to to kind of check your son, but it, it's another thing to just be so violent and aggressive to your kid that that they just don't even have any. You want your kid to respect you, not necessarily be afraid of you. It's like you respect what I could do to you if you mess up. You're not afraid of me because I'm just going to pop off on you at any given second, just because I'm in a bad mood or whatever. Like that's, well, just, that's, that's bad that's parenting. Way, that's the way my dad was. He was like, you know, you're either going to respect me because you want to, or I'm going to make you respect me, but you're going to respect me one way or the other. I'm going to get that respect out of you. But like different kids are different. Like you were different than Zachary. Zachary called himself about 15 or so trying to smart mouth me one time. And I almost got in the same fit of rage with you. But when I, I approached him suddenly and he saw that look in my eye, he like the fellow fell backwards out of his chair. I scared the devil out of him. And, and that's as far as I had to go. I didn't even have to touch him. 
Yeah, I got a little bit more, a little bit more sack than Zachary. If you if you want your kids to to you know to turn out to be halfway decent people, you ain't got to beat them, but they gotta respect you. Yeah, and I mean that even like with Hazel, now it's it goes to the same thing where honestly nobody wants to hit their kid with her. Some days, I mean, like yesterday, you saw how she was at the store. She, yesterday, she just had a bad day, and it finally got to the point at the end of the night, she kept getting in our bed. I wasn't in bed yet, but Cheyenne kept telling her, go to bed, leave me alone, leave the baby alone, quit coming in here. I don't want to talk right now. It's time to go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Finally, I got up, and I had a little wooden spoon. All it took, one swap, boom. Now, I don't, in my opinion, that... I'm not trying to to whoop her really, but the sting averts her attention. It resets her brain because now whatever goal she had in mind, the only thing she can think about is, man, my ass hurts. So, I mean, it, it was like immediate. It, and I, that's all it took, just one swat, one good swat. And she went in there and laid in the bed. She cried a little bit. I told her to be quiet or I'd spank her again. She hushed up and went to sleep. Now is the end of it. Next day, perfectly fine. She's pretty well, good today, you know, actually. That's another thing. Like when you're talking about, you know, I know we're all over the place, but we're talking about kids and stuff like that. That's how podcasts go. That's what people like to listen to. It's a, it's just a good conversation. You can't reward bad behavior. She, I went and picked her up. Me and my daughter went and picked her up, and we went to Home Depot. And we said we're going to pick out some flowers, you know, to put in the flower bed. We, you know, cleaning up the yard, doing a spring thing outside of where, putting some flowers in the ground with my wife you know she likes all that stuff so we take hazel with us well i mean she's over there and i mean you know she's not listening you know i'm telling her to leave that alone stop touching this you know don't crawl under the cinder blocks they can fall on you and kill you <laughs> i don't know what pile of cinder blocks she's under as she said she's under there somewhere dad i tell her to come on she doesn't she finally comes out i tell her to get over here she sat down on the ground she won't move hazel's so, a hellraiser now so she does this back and forth I stopped it on the way over. I stopped at Little Caesars, get her and Ashley, you know, breadsticks and a drink. She's not eating them. Okay. So she wants to drink. Well, they're not going to eat. They're not going to get another drink. So we go on Home Depot. She shows herself out at the Home Depot. Okay. We leave. She says, let's go to the McDonald's, get an ice cream. Nope. We go by the window. It's amazing how the kid recognized everything. We go by the Wendy's. She'd hey, there's the Wendy's. Let's stop to get ice cream. Nope. <laughs> we cruise on down to Edgewood. Here we come over by the Dream Met. Oh, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. I told her, I said, no, bad kids don't get ice cream. Good kids get ice cream. You were bad, no ice cream. And we took her home. Yeah. But you can't, you can't give in to it because if you do, now you, you just lost a battle from a kid. She's so difficult, and it it makes me a little bit up, you know, disappointed because she the mental battle doesn't work on her. Like when I was a kid, I never cared about spankings. Like I, I mean, it was in my head. I've always thought, and this is an NJ moment for everybody, but I always think efficiently. So the way I thought about it is, I would rather get a spanking for ten minutes, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but then it's over, and that's the end of it. I don't care that much rather than, you know, lose my games or lose my computer or lose my phone or whatever, and that's going to last for a freaking month, you know. But Hazel's the opposite. The mental doesn't do anything to her, but if you do whoop her, 
then she just like perfectly realigns, which, you know, I prefer not to do that. And like, I rarely ever do actually hit her, but it's just the only thing that works on her for some reason. It's the only thing that, and I think she's just, I don't think she's really as much as, as bad as she's just like scatterbrained like her mama. So her head's going a million different ways. And that's the only thing that just like resets her. And she's like, oh yeah, maybe I should just do what they want me to do. Well, you know, it amazes me how every kid that's disobedient, the first thing their parents say is, oh, they're ADD. No, 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 no. You start getting on that behind, you'd be surprised how quick you cure ADD. <laughs> uh, but, you know, these guys out here, you know, they, they, they're knocking these girls up and getting them pregnant, though, and then, and then running off, and they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to take care of my baby. I mean, you know, if, if you're that guy, you're a loser. But... uh. Uh, it is so important. You will be surprised the difference in how a child comes out as an adult when there's a mom and a dad in the home. If that mom can, it has if to you, be. yeah, if you can bust your hump, you know, and so what you got to work harder, you know, to make it to where the mom has the ability to stay home. If you can do that, that's great. Cause every kids are going to turn out a lot better if mom is home. Cause if mom and dad are, at, are out working, I'm telling you, the streets are gonna are gonna find them kids, and the streets are gonna raise your kids, and that's the last thing you want. If you got somebody at home, like my kids, they really don't have a chance to go screw up. My daughter, it'll be 16. My daughter's not gonna be pregnant before she's 18. I promise you that. You know why? Because when she goes on a date or someone like that, I'm gonna be with her. You know, I'm not just tossing her out there to the wolves and letting some punk, you know, have his way with her. You gotta. You got to respect yourself and you got to respect them. It's not fair to a girl if you guys get out there and knock these girls up and then like, oh, well, you know, it's her baby. She can raise it by herself. No, you lay down. Even if you, if you don't like her, don't sleep with her. If you're going to sleep with her, make sure you use the condom then. Because she gets pregnant. In my opinion, if you get a girl pregnant, you should marry her and stay with her. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. Let me... um. I want to circle back because I know you have a couple funny stories. You used to be, when you were a kid, you and, and Uncle Chris were kleptomaniacs, which uh, I don't know if you know exactly what that is, but like people that like, y'all yeah, just had an affinity with stealing. <laughs> that, well, no, so yeah, I, not really. I want you to tell the chat about uh, your couple of, you. no, I think there's at least one different encounter, but you had a couple of encounters with old eyes. <laughs> and well, then I also the one the, about the candy in the dog box was a good one too oh yeah yeah uh me and my brother we used to be i mean as kids we were like how can we make money we'd fish we'd sell fish you know we we'd get fish that white people wouldn't eat but where we lived at in the ghetto you know in the hood apartments the black people would buy them all from us so we'd just catch all the ghetto fish and we'd sell them to the black people you know to make money um, and then we would go, we lived in an apartment complex, so we would go door to door and we'd knock on the door and we'd tell the people, Hey, you know, can we take your trash out, you know, for 25 cents? And y'all were just hustlers. So that's yeah, where so it really cool. derived from. It was just about like, how do we got to get this? How do we get it? Yeah. So the one lady, uh, sh she was blind, but she knew who we were and she recognized their voice. She, she could see a little bit. Y'all would take her trash out. Yeah, she's probably about 90% blind. So we're in there, you know, and, and, 
and we're trying to take it. And, and while while one of us is talking, you know, to her about taking the trash out, the other one's like scouting the place out. <laughs> Y'all are casing like, her apartment. You know, it's like a dish of quarters or something sitting around, you know. <laughs> and we don't really see any money sitting around, but we do see like a candy bowl on the table <laughs> with like these small boxes of raisins in them. So while one of us is talking, the other one is throwing those raisins and they're pinging off her head. And she says, my lands, where'd that come from? She don't have no idea what it is. We probably hit her in the head with about 15 raisins before she realized, you know, that, that, that something was up. And then we go, she pays her, we go ahead and get her trash and take it out. But, you know, uh, since we were, you know, we didn't have any money. We were poor then. So we would go to this store and me and my brother would always steal stuff from the store. So the manager, he kind of suspected us, but he wasn't sure if we were. So he would, he would walk around, he would follow us. So me and my brother say, Hey, he was like cross at it. His eyes kind of looked one kind of looked up this way. The other kind of sideways, you know, we couldn't tell who he was looking at. Is he looking at us or is he looking at the ceiling fan, you know? So we think he's watching us. And me and my brother, we devised a plan. We said, hey, when we go in the store, let's split up. Didn't you, you tell that me way. that y'all used to walk around to mess with them and y'all would like pick stuff up like you were going to take it and then put it down? Yeah. <laughs> so we split up so that he can't. We think he can still see both of us because his eyes are going to be different. You know? It's like a chameleon. Yeah, we called him eyes, you know. So, uh. He he used to always think that we were stealing stuff, and uh, you were we were stealing. We were I know we were, but he didn't. He never caught us, you know. And it was funny, man, because we we used to run that man crazy. But one day we went to another store, and we noticed they had these long rifle cap guns. So me and my brother, you know, we 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 stole plenty of the pistol ones. So now we're trying to figure out how can we steal one of those rifle ones. So I tell my brother, I said, hey. You go in, you're going to act like you're crippled. When you walk in, walk with your legs straight. Don't let your knees bend like you like you got cerebral palsy or something. You can't bend your knees. And I'm going to help. I'm going to be like holding your arm, walking with so you don't, you know, fall. So when he goes in, we go down to the gun aisle. We shove two rifles down in front of each one of his pants legs. And we walk back out the store the same way we walked in. But now we got two rifles in, 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 the, in his pants leg. We go home. We shoot them and play with them and all this. And then, you know, when my mom comes home from work, she's getting the broom and she's sweeping the house and she's, she can't really like get under the couch, you know, with her, with her hands. So she takes the broom now. She's what she do. She sweeps out two rifles. <laughs> hey, yeah. Get in here. Come to that says, uh, where these guns come from? We don't know. Y'all don't have any idea where these come from. No. How long they been there? Guns for pe- anybody wondering, like little pellet pop guns or whatever. Yeah. Well, then she finds out that uh, somebody in the neighborhood done gone around and shot out all the streetlights <laughs> with a pellet gun. Eh. The knock on the door <laughs> from the complex manager, and he's trying to blame it on me and my brother. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> But uh, we what a liar. Yeah, we we did it. I mean, we found out about it. My mom had to pay for all the lights that we shot out. But uh, she worked at a at a um, at a a little country store across the street from where we lived at. 
And me and my brother, we'd always go over there, you know, because they were just old people. And then we said, man, we steal some candy. You know, we can't buy it. Might as well steal it. So she, uh, one, of the, one of the store clerks, after a while now, one of the store, we're thinking, you know, we're going to steal enough candy and then we're going to start selling that school, you know. <clears throat> so one of the ladies, one of the registers, she sees us. She steal, she sees me steal a pack of Rolos, you know, chocolate-covered caramel candy. And she tells my mom, well, when my mom came home, I mean, she had a fit. She wore us out, boy. But she thought it was the first time that we'd ever done it. So <laughs> my dad has dog kennels outside. And he's got like these double-decker dog boxes. With the top box, he was no always dog. creative with the dog kennels. Yeah, there's, there's no dogs in these top boxes. But there's like a, almost like a small mattress type thing there. My dad's out there cleaning the kennels one day. He just so happens looks in that dog box, going to take that piece of cushion out and put a new cushion in there. What does he see? A whole supply house of candy. <laughs> I mean, we got Nestle Crunch, Twix bars, Three Musketeers, <laughs> Rolos. We got like we got like $180 worth of, and I'm talking about candy bars, one but like 10 cents. We got like $180 worth of candy in, the, in there. You know, he done got in there a stash now. He wanted to know where it came from. Man. We were, I mean, they beat air butts, boy. But me and my brother, man, we we would sure steal it, boy. <laughs> but it wasn't worth it. I mean, we never got in legal trouble, but we could have. It was funny. <laughs> we stole a car one time. Huh? I haven't heard this one. <laughs> yeah, this guy had a 72 Dodge Dart in his driveway. Uh, and we lived in a, in a, a duplex but it was one up top, one at the bottom. And uh, he worked the night shift. So when he'd come in in the daytime, he'd sleep all day. And he, I think he took like sleeping pills so he wouldn't wake up. But well, we lived on like a 20 acre farm. While he was sleeping, we would take his Dodge Dart. He'd leave the keys in it. Me and my brother would take it and start it up. How over y'all? Yeah, we take, uh, probably 11, 12, something like that. <laughs> I just wanted we to would take that with my <laughs> Out there on that 20 acre farm, and we would literally send it in the air like Bo and Luke Duke. And we go, and that car would slam to the ground. We'd take it, park it back where he got it, where we got it from. He'd get up and drive to the post office the next morning, go to work. Man, we we tore that car to pieces, boy, out there on that field. But it was, we did some dumb stuff, boy. He never caught it. No. <laughs> but he was, he was, the guy was stupid, man. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you do that? And, and, and you don't know that two kids have got your car out there running around. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it's, uh, it's all good fun. I'm trying to think. I, I had another story of yours in mind. I can't remember what it, <laughs> what it is now. What a, um, a lot of people don't know about Pawpaw and kind of his upbringing. I think one of the, he, if he wasn't so like not senile, but just too old to understand what was going on, he would be a good podcast guest. But one of my favorite stories about him was when he confronted um, Aunt Rebecca's gym teacher or whatever, because she peed her pants and like, wouldn't let him let her go to the bathroom. Do you remember any of that? Mm, I don't know that story. 
Oh, he was saying that, or she was saying that, I guess when she was in high school, her gym teacher, for those of you that don't know, my grandpa was an orphan from the time he was, what, eight or nine years old? His parents, six years old, my grandpa's parents died. And then he went to Vietnam when he was, what, 17? 17, 18, yeah, 17. So he's a bit crazy. (laughs) And I guess... She, uh, I, from what I remember of the story, she said her gym teacher was this huge, like, roided up dude that had two brands on his arms, because I guess he was some kind of a hard ass, and he wouldn't let her go to the bathroom one day, and she peed herself. She came home and told my grandpa, and she said Papa came to the school the next day and, like, <laughs> jacked this dude up against the wall and threatened to kill him or something like that, <laughs> scared the piss out of him. Yeah, he, uh... He don't, he don't he don't he don't take too many uh too much nonsense. No, I've heard some story. He's got some good stories too. Uh, but you know, like well, his, his his mom, you know, his daddy his daddy was in prison. I think his daddy killed somebody. He was in prison, and his daddy died in prison, and his mom, you know, died from alcohol. But his mom, I mean, when he was six years old, you know, uh, you know, from up to six years old, his mom would say. Hey Charlie, you stay here. Mama's going to the store. I'll be back in a couple hours. He said she'd be gone for a month on a drunk and just leave him. He wouldn't even know where she's at. So he'd be out there walking the streets and stuff. And uh, nobody back then, you know, people had a hard enough time, you know, affording to take care of their own kids. They weren't trying to take care of somebody else's kid. So they'd let him stay with them for a night or two and then they'd run him on and off, tell him to go on back home or whatever. Well, you got to think, you know, at six years old with no education, he, he basically lived that life until he got drafted into the army and went to Vietnam. So now you got this kid who basically knows nothing, no education, no raisins, no nothing. You take him, you parachute him down into the Vietnam jungle, give him a, a AR-15 or whatever, and, you know, basically, here you go, survive, you know. And then... He's ready he, as far as I'm concerned. That's the best upbringing you could have for that kind of situation. <laughs> That's probably why he made it. <laughs> Well, when you know, by the time he gets out of there, you know, he he's he's uh he was a paratrooper. He gets shot down, you know, coming out of a helicopter, and they they you know obviously they purple heart him, you know, home. And uh, when he by the time he got home, you know, he was an alcoholic at that point, and it was downhill from then on. You know, he just yeah. You know, so people say, oh well, don't you have hard feelings, you know, with your dad over it? It's kind of you have to understand the whole story. How can I have hard feelings to somebody who never had any? raisins on he he never was taught how to be a husband he's never taught how to be a father he was never taught you know how to you know have a real job and, and how to even be a normal person really yes yeah, so how how can you say oh well yeah because you was a sorry dad to me you know i hate you and i have ill feelings but you can't i mean yeah you know you say well uh he, he could have tried yeah you can try you know and, and over the last 20 years now that he's been sober um he he's he's made up for it i mean he regrets he knows he was sorry and he'll tell you he was sorry but uh you know you just some some people you can blame them other people you i mean it just it, it's his story it's a way to happen and you know you just have to i knew as a kid when i saw him i mean even though he was sorry now i didn't know he was sorry i didn't know that hey okay this is kind of dad is what people consider sorry i just thought this is what all dads were like they're just all drunk you know and cussing <laughs> smoking partying they leave on friday and then you don't see them again till right, monday no, i don't do that <laughs> do yeah, drink yeah. A beer, but... uh, they get paid on friday they come home monday you know after you don't see them all weekend they're broke they got to borrow money from your mom 
So, but then as time went on, I thought, man, I don't want to be this kind of guy. This, this suck, you know, but you still love him. You know, you still think, man, this is my hero. You know, you don't know why he's your hero, but he is your hero. But in reality, it was my mother who was my hero because she never once turned her back on us, but he did. So, uh, you know, I thought, man, you know, I don't want to be that kind of dad. I don't care come hell or high water. I don't care what kind of arguments me and my wife go through. I am not leaving these kids. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I made my bed. I'm going to lie in it, like it or not. You know, I'm going to make sure that these kids have a mother and a father. Mm. And me and her, I mean, I've given her some hard time. She's given me some hard time. But if I could do it all over again, I would. I would not leave my kids without a father. And I would not be a sorry father. You don't have to be a sorry. If you're a sorry father, it's because you choose to be. Now, with that in mind, and I mean, you've already kind of explained it in a way, but there's a lot of people now that come through, you know, a hard kind of abusive upbringing, you know, as a younger person, assuming that you have abusive parents or whatever, it, it, do you have any like, I mean, I guess the basic advice would be that you don't, it, and what I always saw, which why I, it's kind of my theory that it's better to have a bad dad than no dad just watching from you because you saw this and he was like, well, you know, rather than having no example, you at least saw him. He was like, you know what? I don't want to be like that guy. I mean, do you, what are your, your thoughts in that realm? Well, you think about all the things, you know, if you are one of those people, you think about the things, what is it? Let's just use your, you know, your dad for an example. What were the things that my dad did to me that I didn't like? Okay. Well, I'm going to make sure I don't do those things, you know, with my kids, you got to, at some point, and, and I don't want to sound, you know, uh, like everybody else, but I mean, you can you can be the chain breaker. You don't have to be the same person your dad was. I mean, like I said, it, I could have followed my dad's path, and I'd have been a sorry dad. But I don't care. You know, people say, "Oh, well, you know, I, I wasn't raised that way. I don't know. I didn't know any better." Dude, when you're 30 years old, you should know better by now. Some things just make sense to you. You know. You don't have to be a sorry person because you was raised by sorry people. If you choose to continue on like that, that's because you want to. You don't want to be better. You yeah. got to want to be better. Yeah. I, and I think no matter what kind of situation you were brought up in, it, it's like it's part of the, the, the whole, um, uh, how do I want to say, like the whole roundabout of you can always improve. And I think you'll agree with me here. Something that I learned as I became a young you know, got into my twenties and stuff, you made a lot of bad money decisions when I was younger. And I learned from that, you know, like I, as I got older, I, I learned like, okay, you know, be careful about getting yourself in debt. Don't buy a car every few months or whatever, you know, try and own your stuff. Just learning from, cause obviously when you grew up, you were poor. So you had no idea coming up how to make money, how to save money, how to build credit or whatever. And then, you know, as you made mistakes when you got older, I kind of learned from your mistakes, like, okay, I saw, because, you know, there was that point where you were buying a new car every like five months or whatever, and you kept, you know, going under in them over and over again until it just got down to, you know, you owe $20,000 on a $5,000 car or whatever, and you're paying a God knows what interest rate on it. And I, I think and that... Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, um, I got to the point where I never had anything in life. So when somebody's like giving you the opportunity, oh, you can have this, you can have, it. you got to keep in mind, you can have it all right. 
but you better be able to pay for it. So now, probably in the last, I don't know, I guess last three, four, five years, I don't buy new cars anymore. Now I've got. You own everything you have now, don't you? Yeah, I've got six. Yeah, I've got six cars out there now that are paid for. I have my own home. I have my own business. My my semi truck is almost paid for. I have a motor, a Harley Davidson that's paid for. I don't owe anything except you know basically my house and six payments on the truck. And you're still kind yeah. of paying for some of those credit cards and stuff like that. But and that's kind of another point. Um, I think a lot of people make mistakes when they're young, which I did too. I mean, I jumped into being an owner operator when I was you know trying to go down that route. And I really, it wasn't that it was a bad choice. It was just that I really didn't have the money necessary ready to like start that. I was just gung ho trying to get into it too quick. I didn't have the right money saved up. I was just trying to go, go, go. But even though I made that mistake and I plunged myself into a good amount of debt, not crazy debt, but you, you always have time to right your wrongs as long as you're willing to change direction. I think, you know, even, I mean, you made those mistakes when you were 30 and 40 years old and you're still steering yourself right back out of them now to where things are just, as long as you work and you make money and you slowly pay it back, you just slowly see, I am coming out of this situation and I can be okay. You just have to change direction and quit. Make, don't make the same mistake over and over again. You got to stop the mistake and start working towards, you know, whatever your goal is. If you want to be debt-free, okay, stop putting yourself into debt and start paying off your debt, and eventually you will be debt-free. And that, that is the biggest thing. I mean, you know, when you're young, you start borrowing money. It's easy to borrow money because when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. You start borrowing money, but you got to start paying that money back. Eventually, you know, those, those credit cards here, this credit card there, Oh yeah, everybody. Everybody seems like they're just giving. There's no such thing as free money. You mm-hmm. get that car note. It's oh, now you got a house. Yeah, then you then then your 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 girlfriend's pregnant. You know, you got a low paying job. You know, uh, you got to pay that stuff back. And uh, and and usually money problems is where most relationships fail. If it, it's over money. Yeah, let's um let's move on to the Q and A. Um. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up. It's already after 11 o'clock here. And I still got to finish these clothes up. But um, let me see That's if I your can... wife's job. Well, I don't want her in here while I'm working. Uh, so. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if. Yeah, I got to have my work clothes tomorrow is the problem. Um, Let's see here. Go into my archive. For once, Instagram does something right. Uh, yeah, I like Mr. Graham. <laughs> best food cuisine and why it is not Chinese. I mean, I like Chinese food okay, but it's definitely not the best. Uh, my favorite food is definitely like Southern slash soul food, barbecue, stuff like that. I know you're more of an Italian guy. Yeah, mine's going to be lasagna, hands down. And a good, well, a good baked macaroni and cheese. If somebody, if you know how to make a good baked macaroni and cheese, I'm all in. Um, now I know we don't, we're not real. You used to be a big fishing guy when you were young. You're not really too into it now. I've never really been great at fishing or anything like that. I don't mind it, but 
I just seem to find that's other another ways. thing. Let me make that while you said that. That just brought a point up in me. Something for me to don't ever get so busy that you can't enjoy life. You know, slow down for a minute. Take some time to if you got kids or whatever to to get your fishing pole together. Just go to a little pond down in the street or whatever. Throw if you don't catch anything. Throw a line in the wall. Just relax. Don't get so wrapped up in daily work and and daily life and adult life that you can't enjoy yourself and, and do anything. Have some fun. And I, I can add to that. And this is, I mean, from my perspective, the same thing with you and your dad, like I never blamed you for it because, you know, at the time when I grew up, we were poor. So you had to work hard and you had to work all the time. I mean, when I was, you started truck driving, I believe when I was eight. So, and you were over the road for a long time. So I would only see you like once every couple of months. I started, than, I started in 2001, I, September. I, well, we moved into that house when I was like seven or eight years old, but either way, and that's when you started driving, but you were gone and then you've always been a workaholic, you know? So we really, I mean, I've been to the movie theater with y'all one time, I think, and we went and saw Spider-Man three mom cried at the end of it. And you were throwing gummy bears at people. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my mind lands where that come for a moment that was funny though we were laughing um yeah, i mean when you got a hundred people in the studio who's gonna know where the gummy bears are coming from <laughs> uh, you were buying all this you knew what you were doing because you were buying candy that you don't even eat we just had jolly ranchers and gummy bears launching <laughs> But yeah, I kind of learned from that a little bit. I was like, well, you know, yeah, you got to work, but you got to, you know, either reserve a little time for yourself or, you know, especially reserve time to, to spend with your kids a little bit too. It never bothered me personally, but, you know, it's just something that can be improved on or whatever, uh, which kind of goes into the the next thing, which is best fishing trip, which we didn't, I didn't really have one. I I'm not a big fishing guy to this day, but maybe you have a best fishing trip with Chris or whoever. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, we were on the river every day, so that's all we did was fish. But, you know, we didn't have anything else to do, so, you know, that's what we did. We fished. (laughs) Somebody asked if you ever thought I was retarded. Sometimes I still do. Zachary wants to know, uh, to ask you what came in the mail today. Uh, I haven't checked the mail today. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Oh, he probably ordered something, but I don't know if it came or not. He says D's nuts. (laughs) Okay. I said hi. (laughs) Uh, I got another one here. You're not going to know quite what this means but it says how did you raise such a model hyperborean what does that mean uh just think of it as a peak person really really top of their game how do, how do you raise a model child i think you got lucky but maybe you did something that i didn't see it i'm telling you how you do it you do it by the man staying staying in a relationship not leaving them because you know a woman a woman can't really teach a guy, you know, how how to be that. I mean, he has to have a male role model in his life. And if he don't, he he's going to go out on the street. He's not going to find on the street. But I, I think the key to any successful child is having a mom and dad to stay together. Yeah. 
Uh, Cheyenne wants to know why you hate her. I love Cheyenne. Fair enough. <laughs> I just saw her in an underwear. <laughs> yeah, that fucking retard walked in here. We weren't live yet, but I just had the Zoom call going or whatever. And she wanders in here in her bra and underwear and just noticed that it was on. She, like, freaked out and hid in the corner. Yeah, she squatted down in the floor. And I'm like, what the heck is she doing down there on the floor? I've already seen her now. It was funny because it's like, I was like, I, I thought, I was like, you just look like a plus size model from like a Walmart magazine or something. It ain't. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen worse than that shopping in Walmart. <laughs> so, um, this one, it, you might be able to answer it quicker than me. Um, but I'll think about it. What the best and worth, the, the best and worst. Th- I don't know why I can't talk. Damn, these uh, beers are getting to me, I guess. I've only had six, seven, eight. I don't know. Best and worst thing you have both seen during your life. What's the best thing you've seen? Uh, Well, a lot of you people, uh, a lot of your people are not going to gonna really understand but i mean like uh uh divine healings in church well they probably would more i mean you're most of my followers are like christian extremists so they probably i mean granted we don't i don't think we really see too much of that these days because i think that the church is just kind of a lot of churches have really fell off so so far oh yeah it's kind of sad the worst thing I've seen is uh, is is watching somebody like my mom, watching them go from the strong person that they were all my life to just in three days die. Yeah. Yeah, that one I, granted I kind of did not put myself in that situation. I don't really want to watch anybody die. I'm sure that uh, I'm going to have to eventually, but at that point, if I have the option, I don't know, I guess I would rather kind of take whatever uh, whatever memory I have of them as a normal person. I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to watch anybody die. I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of not the same level, but I've had Banjo so long now and he's starting to show his age a little bit, you know, once in a while, like he kind of walks with a limp and I think he just, you know, like he, he's old now. He's like 10 years old or whatever. So I guess he gets a little arthritis in his shoulder or something like that. And he just walks with a limp and it makes me a little bit sad. I try to kind of, you know, put a lid on it, but. Well, you know how long we had Lulu, I mean, and to have to have her put to sleep, I mean, Man, I mean, it, it makes you cry, you know. You just that that was a pretty sad thing to watch her take her last breath. That I don't, was pretty. I don't know how I'm gonna do that with banjo. I really, I, I part of me. I mean, at least I don't know if it's a cope, but I kind of tell myself, and I'm hoping it happens this way. You know, I would rather, you know, God take him out of this world than me do it. I. I I don't want to do that, you know. Well, you but. have to get yourself. You have to already have yourself mentally prepared. I love this thing, you know. In your case, the dog enough to to 
I've got to do what's best for for him, whether I like it or not. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I hope. I just hope he doesn't really like. I hope that he doesn't suffer. You know, like I hope he just kind of gets old, because you know some dogs do just get old, and then you know for the most part they're fine, and then eventually they keel over. I'm okay with that, you know, but I don't. I don't know. I I I'll make that choice when the time comes. I guess for me. I guess the best thing... I don't know what the best thing I've ever seen is. Sometimes the best thing I've seen is just... Once in a while I wake up... And, you know, the weather is just nice. You get a bunch of good stuff done. And you just enjoy the day. Get your chores done. Have fun with the kids. Don't argue. Have a good day. To me, it's the little things that kind of come out as the best thing. And then the worst thing... I don't know. I don't. I, I try not to really even think about them too much. Anytime I have a bad day, I just tell myself I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, and you know it won't be that bad no more. So yeah. well, you know, in, in me, like if I'm having a really bad day or whatever, I mean, I know different people do different things, and you do too. But like for me, just to get on, you know, my Harley and just ride, and ride I don't think about anything. I took Ashley on the back of the motorcycle with me one time, and we just rode and rode and rode. And for those of you who don't know for sure, Ashley's my daughter. But she, after after all day of riding, she said, man, Dad, she said, I never really understood why you like doing this. She said, but now after, do, after riding, she said, I know why you do it. It's just like, there's just a piece, you know, nothing. You don't have anything on your mind. You're just riding, just enjoying the fresh air and the sunshine. Uh, just- that's how I feel about trucking sometimes. I mean... Free spirit. I just, I mean, sometimes you just hop in that truck and, you know, every once in a while I catch myself, you know, if I don't have enough time to listen to a podcast or whatever, man, I just ride and I talk to the realest motherfucker I know. I just talk to me. I'm like Nana in there. I'm just blabbing off to myself and I just have a good old conversation and think about stuff and it's... I think, you know, in the... the, the so you're slightly retarded. Uh, I'm slightly psychotic, I think. But yeah, you know, I I think that, you know, and a lot of the, the hippies and stuff, they talk about all this meditation, you know, and there's prayer and stuff too. I think you can get a lot of mental benefit out of just sitting down sometimes and just taking a minute to think. But, uh... <clears throat> for... I got a lot of uh, questions about you drinking. For those of you that don't I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to say it one more time. My dad doesn't drink and he's never drank. So he doesn't, he, I don't, have you ever even drank beer ever? No. So yeah, he's never even tasted a beer. So he doesn't have any thoughts on beer. Yeah. Nothing literally as straight as an arrow, more or less. Um, this one could get a little bit long winded. Uh, I'll let you go first while I take a leak. What is trucking like as a career? Would you recommend it? Pros and cons. I'm gonna take a leak while you start. Um, it really depends on your situation. Uh, if you're a single guy, you know, with no girlfriend, no kids, you know, nothing. I mean, you're still living at home with mom and dad, or you know, you don't you don't really have any plans for your life. Trucking's a great opportunity. I mean. You know, as a company driver, you're going to make, you know, 
a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a week easy just as a rookie out you know right out of the gate um once you once you you know complete um your training uh but if if you're in a relationship and you have kids i mean it's still a good career but you got to understand you know when you first start trucking you're, you're going to be out on the road you know four to six weeks uh at a time and depending on the type of person that you are in a relationship with, you know, that might not go over too well, but if they can, then, you know, you got to understand, okay, look, I'm not going to see them, you know, uh, for four to six weeks, but, you know, when you're on the road, especially for young couples, it's hard to, to, to commit to not seeing you, you know, four to six weeks at a time. Uh, in my case, uh, it was hard uh, and, and really, the only one who really had to get used to it was Bushall, uh, because he knew me before I got in the truck, and so he saw me every day. But now my two yeah, other kids... I used to wait, when you were plumbing, I used to wait at the end of the... I would come home from school, and I didn't have an under... Because I was like six or seven years old, so I didn't really understand time yet. And I think your job, you kind of just came home when you got done, or whatever... But I would get home at like 3.30 and I would just sit at the end of the driveway and just sit there and wait until you got home. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, like my, like Zachary and Ashley, you know, Zachary's 18, Ashley's about to be 16. But this trucking is the only lifestyle that they've known. So they're used to me being gone, being home. I mean, I was gone this time for 42 days, you know, six weeks. But they're used to that. But they understand, I mean... All three of my kids are, are pretty smart, so they understand, hey, as long as he's working, we're going to have things. We're going to have nice things. And granted, they're a lot more spoiled than Bush Hall was because I probably make 50 times the money now that I made when he was a kid. Yeah, we and were I so damn broke. <laughs> and I don't, I, I guess because I was so poor as a kid, I don't let them go without. I shouldn't give them everything they want because, you you know, you spoil them. But even spoiling them, they're, they're not like, they, they never were those kids who say, man, them spoiled bats don't appreciate them. They're not like that. You know, they, they know. Uh, not that bad, but. No, they know at any given moment this could be over, you know. So, I, I don't know. I mean, trucking has its, its pros and its cons, but if you get into it, you got to understand there's going to be time away from others. And I'll add to it with one of the main cons that a lot of people really don't think about. Um, and this is, this is true for everybody. I don't care if you're skinny or you're fat or, you know, the only people that are going to really avoid this are people that are very, uh, disciplined in themselves when it comes to staying in shape and eating right. When you truck drive, you, when you work, you are sitting completely still for more or less, you know, you are sitting in a chair for 11 hours a day, at least, at least 11 hours a day. You are just sitting there. It is not good for your joints it's not good for your body it's very hard to stay in shape if you're the type of guy where you think you can drive for 11 hours and then you know get out and do push-ups and sit-ups for two hours or whatever and keep yourself in shape okay good you know you'll be all right but for the rest of you if you're just a normal person that really isn't that you know crazy active it is very hard to Trust me, after you've driven for 11 hours a day or you've been on the clock for 14, yeah. 15 hours a day, you don't feel like... You don't realize how tired you'll be just from driving that long. But there are people, I've seen plenty of people oh, yeah. that you'll see them out in the middle of the truck stop in the damn parking lot doing push-ups and stuff and props to them. 
because if you can do that, then God bless you. You know, you're you're doing it right. But it, it's it's definitely a hard job. And when you drive that long, you will be tired and you will just want to get something to eat, take a shower and go to bed. That's all you have time for. It's just work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. There ain't Look, really much in between. You know, I don't want to get too much on, on religions or whatever, but if you're a Muslim, you know, look, don't, don't pull your mat out on the fuel island and bow to Mecca while I'm behind <laughs> you on the fuel island. And you're sorry, Matt, over there into a parking spot somewhere and put it on the ground and bow to Mecca. Don't be doing it while I'm on the fuel island and you're blocking me from getting off the fuel island. <laughs> anyway. I've had that um, how many gators could you take in a scrap? I think I could only take on like one, and if we're talking on land and water, you're, you're there's no choice, there's no chance. Oh yeah, I mean, when you go into their territory, you're, I mean, it's pretty much their game. But I think as Floridians, you know, we have a, a, a understanding with gators. We don't mess with them; they don't mess with us. You know, I don't. You don't want to let your kids swim in water where there might be gators, and even as an adult, you really got to be careful. Typically. You know, and I, I'm still very uh, careful about this because it's, you know, it's always one, like, it could happen. Typically, gators are not going to bother you. They are usually scared of humans. They just know if you mess with, if, if you mess with people, it's not going to be good news at the end of the day. Something, you know, you're either going to get hunted or whatever, because a lot of the time if a gator bites a kid or something like that, very soon after... They're going to send somebody to hunt that particular gator down and kill it. And gators are a lot smarter than they come off as. They usually do not bother people unless you feed them. But that's the thing. It's that unknown factor of it's better that both the gators and the people stay away from each other. Um, on land, I think I could take a gator. He might, you know, take a chunk out of my arm or something like that. But, you know, I'll stick my fingers in his nostrils and show him what for. Uh past that they're vastly powerful creatures um so let's see what else do we got here someone wants you to know what you think of my memes <laughs> well to be honest with you half of them i don't even know what they mean so i can't really even have an opinion on them i look at some of the stuff he posts i'm like what did he come up with this stuff what is this stuff and, and i see you know three thousand comments on it and three thousand likes and i say well there's 3,000 other people that are either just as retarded as he is or they understand what he's talking about, and I don't. It's, so a little bit, it's a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. Somebody else asked, uh, and this is a little bit inappropriate, but uh, <laughs> we'll just go for it, I guess. How powerful of a load was it that was produced in order to produce a human specimen, specimen such as the hog? Well, I was on his mama for about six hours, like 280 pounds of pneumatic jackhammer. So if that tells you anything, oh. I pretty much, I pretty much uh, knocked the bottom out of it. Well, I guess that answers that. <laughs> that, was, that was like on the first night, I think. Favorite car? Dodge Charger. 68. Oh, don't be a boomer. You don't have anything better than that? GTR. You don't even like GTRs. I do like a Nissan GTR. Which one? Huh? Which one? 
What do you mean, which one? I mean, I like, I like, I like all of them since they started out. Oh my god, you don't know. Nothing. I wouldn't own one, but I like them. If I well, I'll tell you, I'll take it back. If I could, if I could buy any car that I wanted that wasn't the old muscle car, I'd get a uh, either a Lamborghini Huracan or a Diablo. A Diablo, a Lamborghini. Oh, a Lamborghini, uh, old Diablo, a Lamborghini yeah, Diablo, like, like, like 04 model. Yeah, those, yeah, like are, those are pretty cool. I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to think my favorite car. What is my favorite favorite car? I'm trying to think because I have a Scion XA. No. With a TRD kit on it. I'm not even sure that was a TRD kit. I'm pretty sure the salesman just lied to us. But No, it had stickers on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the stickers. Well, I do know, I've learned a little bit past that, is that those cars did come with an option for a for a torsion not a torsion bar but like that in that bar oh, that, yeah, that, that, that was all uh factory done on that car supposedly the exhaust was not but they did yeah. come with an option for a cold air intake and the the bar so maybe that but the lord knows what else was done to it My but fit- it was done right it was it was a tasteful mod yeah other than the graphics yeah well you know what is my favorite car? I don't know. I I feel like any other, if it, if it wasn't put on me on the spot like this, I'd be able to really think of it. But um, Do you like the skylines. I like the well. I like certain cars. Like I like out of the skylines. I like the R thirty two the best, just because it was the R thirty two was like the OG Godzilla. It was the one that was like scary in the nineties for people. Um. You know, because it had the all-wheel drive. The Japanese, it, the car came out where Toyota, Nissan, and I think it was mainly Toyota and Nissan, but maybe Honda was in there somewhere. I don't think so. Well, was, you talking about cars on that level. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, what you know, I always liked the uh, the WRX STI. I mean, that would be something that I would like. And those are good, too. You know, I... Yeah, but I also... Like I've always been a, a huge fan of the a seventy Roadrunner or GTX, which is kind of the same thing. I just Don't to, be a boomer. no, no, that's a specific car though. That's not everybody likes a Charger. Everybody likes a Charger. That's the same thing that was in the Dukes of Hazards. It, you, I mean, I remember you telling me the story about the junkyard that used to cut. They had a '68 Charger in the junkyard, and they would cover it up because as soon as somebody if the cover blew up and they could just see the two tail lights sticking out the back, people would go in there and harass them trying to buy it or whatever. But uh, everybody, I mean, it's a great looking car. I'm just saying, I, you know, I'm not trying to be that normie about it. I like the little Dodges though. Like the, um, what is it? Like a Plymouth Valiant or whatever. And like the dart and stuff like that. Those little like spunky cars where, you could put like a 340 in them and they would roll, but they were smaller and, and didn't weigh as much. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of potential there. Well, that's the A body, the dusters, the challengers. Well, the challengers are the E body, but the dusters and the darts and stuff are all A body cars. Barracudas. Let's see. But, uh, does trolling run in the family? I think it probably started with you with the CB because the CB is really the the beginning of not only free speech in America, but 
definitely the beginning of just completely going nuts and just everybody shits on each other all the time on the CB. Oh, yeah. That's the best input you got on that? Uh. Well, like I said, most people don't even know what a CB is anymore, so. I guess that's true. Well, anyway, it's almost midnight now. I'm on my last beer, and I got to dry these clothes, so. uh, Yeah, I'm probably going to crack one more for tonight, and that's going to be about it. You've had like six slices. You've been going, every beer I've had, I've seen you pick up another slice of pizza. No, I'm talking about drink. I've only drank one tonight. I'll probably down one more before bed. <laughs> any uh, any closing thoughts? Well, we've done COVID so much stuff now. I just I think we've pretty much touched bases on everything. Fair enough. I guess with that in mind, um, as per usual, my schedule is all over the place, so I really can't tell you when I'm going to do the next hog cast. I try to at least do one on the weekend. Sometimes I, I do one by myself during the weekdays. If I can think of some stuff I really want to talk about, uh, usually after riding in the truck by myself and talking to myself, but, um, I appreciate hey, I got, it. I got something I can add to it, uh, because I have a couple available. You can decide how to do it and then you can just let me know. And then whoever the winner is, we'll send them out a survival knife. Survive. Well, it's hard to do giveaways. Also, why do you have so many survival knives? Also, it's this knife. It's not a bad knife. It's okay. I've been using it today, actually. I need to sharpen it already. How, how does it feel like the the blade is is good? I mean, it's supposed to be, but I don't know. You, I mean, well. My critique is, and I don't know why it has this, it, it would make it hard to sharpen because it's got this, the blade is not uniform, like it's got this hump in it or whatever, so like when you go to sharpen it and you run it through the sharpener, you kind of got to do this like wave motion, which is going to, you know, not be as good for it. Typically, you know, they would do this like a serrated part for a, a survival knife or whatever, because with the serrated, you can saw and then uh -huh. the top would be more of like a cutting blade. But, um, I mean, it, I, it's a decent, like normal use knife. We'll, we'll think about that in the future before I start messing around with, uh, giveaways and stuff again. But, uh, I think that's good enough for the night. I need to finish up this laundry and stuff, so... I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you don't really post anymore, but if anybody wants to follow you, your Instagram is cornbread1969. Or you can look me up on YouTube at Fixit James. <laughs> if you want to watch him rebuild a control arm on a Toyota Sienna, yeah, Fixit James. But... I have other videos besides that. <laughs> well, we're trying to work on that. We're trying to buy some cars and flip some cars and have some fun but that'll we'll see we'll see anyway that's going to be it for tonight everybody i appreciate you guys watching y'all have a good night and i'll see you on the next one